us in this conference. You have decided that our lives and ministries will never remain the same. You have decided to equip us, to challenge us, and to make us who you want us to be, so that the work can move faster in our hands in this new millennium. Lord, we ask that we will never miss your blessing in this point in time in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Mapping your church for groups. I'll be reading my Bible, Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 27. Mapping your church for groups. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 27. That he may present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that should be holy and without blemish. Let's go back to that Matthew 16:18. That is talking about the glorious church there, and that is the church of this end time. Matthew 16:18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know the word I want to pick out there is that word, my church. My church. Jesus says, I will build my church. The church is the church of Jesus Christ. And brethren, the hope of the world is the church. And the greatness, the revival of the church depends on the leaders of the church. Jesus says, I will build my church. He has been building his church. He is building his church and he will continue to build a church. But he will not come down physically to build the church. He depends on human instruments like you and I. And the church, it is, is, is his church. He said, I will build my church. And brethren, if there's any time the church should grow, it is now. If there's any time the church should be alive, it is now. If there's any time the church should be vibrant, it is now. If there's any time the church should be, I mean, winning the harvest, it is now. We have every reason so that the church will grow. Jesus is building the church. God is a God of growth. He commands growth. He wants growth in the church. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of harvest. He's in the, he's in the forefront right now. Harvesting souls to the kingdom. Like I do, and like I do tell some people. I said, look, the growth of the church at this same time is the heartbeat of God. Now, there are two twin challenges before the church at this same time. The church must grow, prepare people for the rapture, and at the same time, the church must win the world. And there is no time on our side. So we must, we must do everything possible to make sure that the church is growing at the same time. Look, the church must grow now. You can say, mission is the heartbeat of God. I agree. Evangelism is the heartbeat of God. I agree. If you were, discipleship is the key. I agree. Prayer is this. I agree. This is that. I agree. But the truth is this. Every one of them must contribute to the vibrancy, to the health and the growth of the local church. Because that's the habit of God for this end time. As we enter into the new millennium, the age is running to a close. The devil is walking like never before. And God also is walking like never before. So that he can present to the church himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. And if the church 
church. Brethren, we have to look the church from several angles. So that, peradventure, one of them can minister to you. There are several reasons why churches are not growing. I want to look at it here. And that's what we call mapping. You know the word mapping? It comes from the word map. Map. M-A-P. Map. Okay, you map a geographical area. <laughs> so mapping, spiritually speaking, is the effort to understand why is this church growing? Why is this church not growing? Now, despite the popularity and acceptability of church growth teachings by many Christian leaders and churches, not much is being seen in the actual growth of churches. Oh yeah, you can see that here. There are a lot of people who have the book of Yongicho. They have all this church growth manual. A lot of people have attended conferences, the Bibles and all these things are other. A lot of people have gone to several places just to listen to church growth. But we have not been really been able to see growth in the true sense of it. Mostly in our churches here. And this is one of the reasons that we are going to examine here. Much books, seminars and conferences on church growth renewal and vitality have not brought the expected result simply because of the neglect or the ignorance of church mapping. Church mapping is a relatively new area of study that God has deemed fit to give us for the health, for the growth, for the vitality of the church in order to fulfill the Great Commission. It is one of the tools to help us help the health and well-being of the church at this uh, end time. Church mapping, very important. Even though many people are ignorant of it, many people are hearing the term for the first time. But those who are conversant with us, especially students in my postgraduate class, they know that very well. I teach it to them as a course. Now, how do you map your church? How do you see that this church, why, how do we discover? Why is it that this church is not growing? Why is it that this church is growing? Those are the things we want to look at church mapping. Now, why church mapping? Why must we map the church? Number one, there are too much stagnant, struggling, and sick churches around. That we need to map. The average church in Nigeria is 85 member church. That's the average church. If your church is 200, 300, you are a big church. If your church is 5,000, 10,000, you are a big church. But you have so many members in your church, and yet yeah, your church is not growing. Because when we talk about growth, I hope you understand, growth is not only numerical. Growth also must be spiritual. And if you are growing numerically and spiritually, if you are not growing financially, you are still not growing. Because we need money for this thing. May God repose it out. Too many crises and breakaway in churches. That's why we need to look at church mapping. Many churches are under bondage. Many churches are under bondage of courses. Sometimes ministers are under bondage. Sometimes the founder's sin is, is troubling the church. Sometimes there is a pattern of problems in church. So that's why we need to look at church mapping. Many churches are operating under a course. Either generation or transfer course. Either area or district course. Too many confused, tired, and discouraged pastors who want to quit. And there are so many here. Say, so this is the last conference I attend. If God did not speak to me, I will quit. You won't quit. Because quitters never win. And winners never quit. Did you hear me? Except uh, you are not sure of your call. If God has called you, despite the problem, He won't tell you everything. But you will win at the end of the day. But we are going to examine, we are going to mark today. Supposing God you say you are a pastor. Because if you didn't say you are a pastor, if you are pastoring, you will just pastor and quench. Did you hear me? I told my people in the class, I said, if, if God didn't call you to pastor, you pastor, you will have hypertension. If you don't, God doesn't say you are a Jew, you are a Jew, you have hypertension. 
each of them you die fast so but you won't die in jesus name but why we are looking at church mapping is because there are too many confused pastors too many tired too many discouraged pastors then too many churchianity without corresponding uh, christianity there are a lot of people who are church. I mean, they are full of church today. But there is no Christianity there. And that's why we see churches where there are crowds of people. But the real Christianity, I mean, Christians among them is so few. That's why we need to map the church. Too many physically lively, but spiritually dead churches. You see them on Sundays. The praises is so wonderful, but spiritually they are not there. Because of the occultic and demonic activities that is on the growth today. Now we need to map for proper direction and focus. May the Lord help us. Mapping the church, a definition. Now I don't have time to read all those scriptural passages. If you read Joshua chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, the Lord, I mean, the Lord has said he will give the promised land to them, but Joshua still has to send out the spies. And they went to the land of Jericho, the city of Jericho. They went and mapped the place. They researched the place. They gathered information and they brought it back to Joshua. Then if you read Nehemiah chapter 2, verse... Uh, 11 to 16, you see Nehemiah there. When he came back to, uh, to Israel, I mean to Jerusalem, the gate, the walls were broken down, the gates were born with fire, but he didn't start building immediately. The Bible says in the night, in the night, he went to the city. He, I mean, he began to research, he began to map, he looked at it from this angle, he looked at it from that angle, so that he can have a proper grasp of what is to be done. That is mapping. Then if you look at Numbers chapter 13, before they get to the promised land, Moses sent spies. God is, told him to send out the spies to go and spy the land. Go and look at the strength of the people there. I mean, how they are living there. The, the, the goodness of the land. And so many other things so that they can come back with information so that we can plan very well. That is mapping for you. Then if you look at Matthew 4, before Jesus started the ministry at all, he went and map now. He did warfare. Did you remember that? Yeah, he did warfare. Most of you, you read those passages and you pass it across. And you say, oh yeah, Jesus, uh, temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. But you never get to know what happened. You know, most of the time you read that place and you pass. Jesus went to the wilderness because he discovered that Satan was in control. And when he went, when he went to the wilderness, he, he fought with the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. And you know, after he finished, the Bible said the devil left him for a season, a while. And he came back. Did you remember the prophecy? When he came back, the Bible said he went and sat at the border of Naphtali and Zebulon. That it may be fulfilled. Which was spoken by Prophet Isaiah. That those who can sat in darkness saw great light. And to those who are in the region of death, the light is found gone. What does it mean? Before Jesus did that mapping, everybody was under the shadow of death. But when he defeated the one who has the power of death, life swung gone. And then he began to preach. Repent! For the kingdom of God is at hand. And crowds begin to follow him. So he did the mapping. Mapping connotes the idea of having a map of your church, spiritual map this time, and looking it over with the eyes of God to discover trouble spots or obstacles to progress. You see, when we look at church growth, we don't just want to look at the riffraff or look at it from the surface. We want to go deep. Why is it that this church don't grow? So church mapping is looking at, I mean, having a map of your church. Where is the trouble spot? What are those things that hinder progress? What are those things that doesn't make this church to grow? Oh yeah, that's mapping for you. Now, it is a spiritual survey of the church. It is God's revelation about the spiritual situation, spiritual condition of the church. 
It is God's revelation regarding the reasons for the lack of growth, fruitfulness, and retardation of the church. You know, if you are praying, you must pray a very focused prayer. You know, that's why many people, because they didn't know mapping, they can die on the mountain. They can die fasting and praying. You hear some pastors have been fasting for the last 80 days. Why? This church must grow after 80 days fasting. No growth. You only need mapping. If you know mapping, you fast just two days and you know the secret. Mapping is, in a nutshell, church mapping is asking God for the prophetic word as to why the church is not growing. And not only that, you ask for the key to the growth of that church. Because every church has a key. The key that will grow your church is different from the one that will grow his church. Every church has a key. So church mapping, discover why the church is not growing. Number two, what is the key to the growth of the church? Am I communicating? That's church mapping for you. Now, necessity of mapping your church. Why? Why is this so important? What is the necessity? What is the importance of mapping your church? To understand today, you have to look at yesterday. Because the situation in the church today does not happen today. Somewhere back, somewhere, sometime, somehow, one incident, one occurrence, cause what is happening today. So to understand today, look at yesterday. That's why we must map. Two, it will help you to have a good, a good grasp of the growth problems of that church. Look, when you really map that church, you really know why the church is growing, why the church is not growing, why we are having problems with growth. Church mapping will give you that. You know, there are a lot of these things it will solve. There are a lot of things you don't need to fast and pray about. Go with, I mean, you know what is happening and you know what to apply. Hello, somebody. Why are you looking at me as if God is speaking to you? The church mapping will give you a proper understanding of the church direction. You know, there are so many pastors, we don't know the direction our church is taking. We don't know the direction our ministry is taking. But when you know mapping, it will give you the clear direction. You know where to go, you know what to do, you know when to pray, you know when not to pray, you know the start to take. That's what mapping will do for you. Then, number four, if mapping will help you to have, you put in less effort, but growth will come. Look, church growth is not until you walk your fingers to the bone. It's not how hard you work, but how smart you work. There are people that are working hard, but they are not working smart. And when you work so hard, it may not produce report, results. There are a lot of pastors I know. They can fast, they can pray. They are moving from VG to VG, from VG to VG. 100 days, 50 days, 120 days, 150 days. Make you know that you, we need you here. Did you hear me? Ah, we need you around. Don't die yet. But if you don't know what you should do, you fast and you die. And you die so young. I don't want to die young. I was telling some people sometimes ago, say, Lord, all you are doing in my life, do it quickly. I say, no, never. I won't pray that prayer again. Come on, shake up. Because if you shake up, you will die. You didn't hear me. No, finish the work quickly. I want to finish this work. If you finish your work, then there's nothing you are waiting for here. Go. But me, I don't want to finish it now. 
I want to spend more 85 years doing. Yes. Because I've come to realize that the longer I live, the more work I do, the greater my reward. Because my greatest goal is I want to rule over all of you. So the more I work, the more I will rule over you. But if God do your own, we still have one work to do here. So if God has finished your work, see you at the other side. Expect me in 85 years' time. Amen. But you know when you know church mapping, you have less problem. You put in little effort, and the church will begin to grow. It's not you carrying the body of the church. You know, many of us, we carry the body, and the body is so heavy. Very soon you are stressed up. You have stress, high blood pressure, and you die. We don't need to carry the heavy burden of the church. Look, one thing church growth has done for me is this. I don't know if that has done for you. One thing church goes, it makes the work so easy. I hope you understand me. You know what to do. Things that you could have fast and fast and die fasting. You know what to do. Put in this one, put in this one, put in this one, put in this one. The work is good. God is the owner of the work. He only needs you as a camouflage, boju boju. He needs you to be there. He will be at your back doing the work. But when you don't know what you should do, ah, may God have mercy on my soul. Say amen to that one. Mm-hmm. Then church mapping will, effect, will help you to effectively dealing with the enemies of progress in the church. No, there are enemies of progress in the church. And when you know church mapping, you will deal with them. You know, you some people say we should not pray against our enemy. Far, over the bar. There are two kinds of enemy. Enemy that doesn't know what they are doing. Uh-huh. But there are some that know what they are doing. I said, look, Oh, sorry, I'm speaking in tongues to some people. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that there are some categories of enemy you must pray about. If you don't deal with them, they will deal with you. They can cut your life short. And they won't be, you won't be able to finish what God said you should finish. Look, don't, don't let enemy kill you. They'll just cut your ministry here. And your reward will be limited over there. Look, my own greatest goal is not that I want to get to heaven. I will get there. That's what is sure. He has said, hey, I will get there. But I want to rule over everybody. Did you hear that one? And the earlier you go, the smaller your reward. The longer I stay, the greater my reward. I know I shall know it, but I don't know. Yeah, don't let the enemy cut your ministry short. There are enemies you must pray. You see, church mapping will help us to understand enemies that want to cut short our life and our ministry. Enemies of our progress. God must deal with them. Church mapping will give you the key and the clue to them. There are more effectiveness and less crisis in the church. When you know church mapping, crisis will be lessened in your church and people will be more effective. When you know church mapping, there will be sweet and sweet victory. Sweet and sweet victory. There will no church mapping. You will be able to pray result oriented uh, prayers, less activity, much uh, achievements. But why you don't know church mapping? This is where your problem is. You focus where you are here. And before you pray to that problem, Jesus has come back. Church mapping is not an end in itself, it's, it's a means to an end. When used rightly, it has the possibility of bringing others to Christ and helping the health and effectiveness of the church. Consequences of neglecting church mapping, non-growth and stagnancy. Much labor, little fruit. Baffling and confusing situations. 
That is why you don't do church mapping. That's what will be happening in the church. Looking at the wrong direction for reasons of your failure to grow. You'll be looking at the wrong person. Adducing reasons why the church is not growing to the wrong person. You know, some of us will lamblast and criticize and condemn and blame our workers. My people are not committed. My people are not devoted. Whereas the problem is some people else. Constant crisis and chaos will be the order of the day. No fulfillment of God's promises for that church. Discouragement and dejection. Much prayers, little results. Many programs, few progress. Frequent breakaway and losses. Financial hardship and poverty. Boredom of members with the church. People will be tired of that church. And you see people will be leaving. They will be leaving the church one by one. Why? Because you didn't know church mapping. Examples of church mapping. Yeah, you know it's not good I tell you. What is church mapping? Why you should do church mapping? Necessity of church mapping? Consequences of neglecting church mapping? It's not good I didn't tell you the, the examples so that you can understand very well. So, okay, look at it. I'll give you about seven stories there. Just to illustrate. Peradventure God will speak to somebody. Now, example number one. Story of the church that refuses to grow until the pastor marked the church by prayer and discovered demons at the rooftop. Did you hear that? This is a church that refuses to grow. The pastor did everything possible. In fact, at a point in time, he lost his power to preach in the church. No matter how he prepares, no matter how he prays, no matter how he fasts, when it comes to the pulpit, he loses his voice. He won't be able to preach. And people were moving away. Until one day, it got so serious. He, 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 in fact, he went and invited a friend for the, help, the friend to help him to preach in the church. But you know, when the friend came and took over the pulpit, the same thing happens to him. He could not preach. Eventually, the pastor got so serious. You know, sometimes, if you don't get serious with God, God will not be serious with you. So one day, he announced to the church, Look, church, this week, there is no service. Have something doing in this church. He lied at the foot of the altar. Lord, if you don't tell me the reason why this church is not growing, I die. And you know sometimes when you tell God, say you won't die, he won't believe you. Because there are many people that told him they want to die, but they didn't die. So when you say, God, I want to die, you say, okay, I hear. But let's see you die. So he said, Lord, I'm not eating. I will die here if you don't tell me the reason why this church is not growing. But he got so serious. The first day, the second day, the third day, he never saw any vision. God never revealed anything to him. He never heard any voice. Nothing, anything happened. But the brother was so wrestling. Lord, I die. You don't tell me what happens. On the seventh day, when God sees that this man, minute, he wants to die, I say, Jesus, die your son, one die. Make him not die. Let's give him what he's asking for. You know, he didn't see vision. He was still lying down there. It was a Saturday, the seventh day. He said he was so tired, he was so washed up, I mean he was so weary, he could not stand up on his feet. But eventually, he said when he was down there, at around 12 noon, he was so weak, he was trying to change, uh, change his location when he lay down there. He said suddenly, as he was trying to roll, his eye caught the ceiling. And he saw the ceiling, the ceiling just opened. saw this tall, lanky, hefty guy sitting on the ceiling. And he said, man, what are you doing here? I said, why are you asking me a question? Then send me, make a make sure, say nothing happened here. You they ask me what they do for silly. If they post a policeman to a duty post to make sure say nothing happened there, he will go walk. And I say, okay. 
So you are the one responsible for what is happening here. He said, Make they ask me. Then you know the brother asked the demon to come down in the name of Jesus. The demon came down and the brother told the demon, Look, I've taken over here. I'm the guy here now. You go back to the person that sends you here that I've taken over. Eventually he drove the demon away, followed the demon to the door, and the demon went away, asked the demon never to come back. From that day, he never did any evangelism. People were flocking to the church. Map your church. Two, story of the church that has 50 members for 50 years. Yes. One member for one year. Yeah, it was a church. They have 50 members for more 50 years. Eventually, the pastor retires and they brought in a young pastor. When the young pastor came in there, the first thing he did was to go and mark the church. He went praying, Lord, why is this church not growing? 50 years, 50 members, tell me the reason why. You know, the Lord told him, start to do warfare prayer. Pray inside the church, pray everywhere inside the church, and pray outside the church. He started doing that. You know what happens? Those 50 members started going one by one. And the pastor went to God and said, God, I better go. What did happen? I said, oh, growth. People are going away. God said, shut up your mouth. You could keep on doing what I say you should do. And you know, you keep on doing it until the people left until they were just 15 members. God didn't reveal the whole secret to him, but when he started to 15, then new people began to come in until the church every 50, 100, and 120. Eventually, the pastor learned that it was 35 of those 50 members that had become demonic agents that blocked everybody from coming to the church. So for the church to grow, God has to drive them away first. Map your church. Story of the church that experienced constant form from grace of our pastors to adultery, a fascist in number, until mopping was done to discover the reasons. Did you hear that? That's the story of another church. They posted six pastors to that church. They all fell to adultery. One by one. One after the other. One after the other. Until the sixth pastor came. He too fell into adultery. But the youths of the church, they went and prayed. They locked themselves up. God, if you don't tell us the reason why our pastors are falling to adultery, we die here. And when God knew they were so serious, God, what was the secret? The general overseer, when he was laying the foundation stone of the headquarter church, was already living in adultery, but nobody knew. So when he was laying the foundation stone, he lay with the spirit of adultery. So God told them, no pastor they bring to that church must fall into adultery. What do you do? Go and remove the block. Put another one there in the name of the Lord. The thing will stop. And that's what they did, and the problem stopped. Map your church. Are you, are you understanding? There are reasons why that church is not growing. Search it out. God wants every church to grow. Am I communicating? If that church is not moving from the ground, search it out. Huh? Story of the church that bought a land <laughs> and did mapping and was able to approve so many objects that hindered the growth of the church. Yeah, that's a living testimony. The pastor that happens to, I think I saw him around, he's here this morning. He's one of our students in the school. He bought, if I, he didn't, he's trying to buy the land now. But before he bought the land, he, I mean, before he moved to the land, about uh, four or five churches came there. They scattered and went away. So when he came there, they said, church, we will not stay here. He said, me, I go stay here. 
You know, the first thing he did is three days he was fasting and praying. Eventually, the Lord told him, Go and stay on that land for three days and fast and pray. As he was fasting on the, the beer land, though, brother, the Lord will lead him say, Dig that place. He will dig the place. See mighty objects there. Go and dig that place. He dig. Until he dug around the whole land, things that people have uh, buried there. Eventually, he dug one that as he was removing the thing, he discovered the name of a woman there. The woman was pregnant, and somebody binded and buried her there. The moment the brother was losing the thing, two weeks later, he heard the story that the woman delivered. And that's the reason why many churches come to the land and they scatter. Map that place. Oh. Am I communicating? Yes. Before you stop blaming God, hey God, you are the one that doesn't allow this church to grow. Never. He wants that church to grow. But there are other reasons that doesn't want the church to grow. And until you map it and you discover it, you may not see, the church may not truly grow. Story of the pastor that discovers through mapping that he has to restitute with his former leader before progress will come to the work. How about that? He offended his senior pastor. He carried the church away and he went and started his own. There's nothing he did that to progress. Until he prayed one day and God said, Go and beg Baba. Baba has for a lash. So he has to go and beg. And the thing was removed from his head. And from there on the church began to progress. How about that? Where were you very well? Amen. Look at the next one. Story of the pastor that discovers through mapping that his wife was the chief architect of the misfortune of his ministry. I know that has come up. Yeah, I remember the pastor. He saw he has been pastoring and the church will never grow. One day, you know, you know, you know, sometimes if you are praying, Lord, show me my enemy. Lord, me show me the reason why this church is not growing. You have to become mature and broad-minded though. If you are not mature and broad-minded, God will just be telling you proverbs. Did you hear me? Yeah, because if he shows you your real enemy, you are the son that you are not mature enough. Say, ah, God has shown you to me. I will cut your head down with cutlass. Uh, you are not ripe yet. But when he can tell you, look, this is your enemy, and you can say, okay, no problem. And you can still eat together in the same pot with your enemy. Then you are matured. You know, this pastor has been praying for a long time. But nothing happens. But one day, God, God saw that he has matured, you know, and God revealed it to him. He saw himself making hips. And as he was making hips, a particular woman was coming at the bus, scattering the hips with her legs. By the time the pastor would look up, behold, the woman at home. And sometimes, look, those of you who are young pastors, be careful who you marry. They are agents today. And their focus is to destroy the work. And those of us who have wives, let's take care of our wives. Don't let us become only better ministers. Let us become better husbands and better fathers. Yes! While you are evangelizing the world, the devil may be evangelizing your home. Story of the church that discovered through mapping that the foundation of the church was wrong. There is disobedience to God, and God has not directed the leader to start a church. How about that? I remember the church. God didn't tell the leader to start church, but he started the church as a result of pride. He was uh, he had a quarrel with his former denomination. 
and he want to prove to them that uh, I took him to it. He went and started a church, but the church never picked from the ground. And after several years, God has to reveal to the people by the time they understand mapping that he did not send him to start a church. What happens? Oh, you have to close the church down now. Because what God did not send you, he will never back you up. Look, there are so many reasons. There are so many illustrations that can be said about mapping. If I remember a particular pastor now, it was the church, the church plateaus at 100 members. For many years, the church will never leave 100 members. And he decided to map the church. He said one day he was going. Then the Lord told him that there is a particular demonic power over that church. How do I conquer it? You know what the Lord told him? Because God can give you several battle plans. The Lord told him that. Just go to the church every day. For one hour, just praise me. Lift up my banner. Praise my name. And I will give you growth in that church. You know, he went to the church. He will always praise God. He will always lift up the banner of Jesus. And put down the banner of the demons in that community. Then he will bind the demon and he will go home. He did it for one year. Before God gave him the victory. Today, that 100 member church is a 7,000 member church. So brethren, mark the reason why growth is not happening in that church. May the Lord help us in Jesus name. Then look at this last one. Story of the man of God sent to win a city. And discovers after prayers... Of the denomination was discussing that they have to close down the work there. That uh, I mean, there have been a lot of failures. One young man just said, "Excuse me, sir. Send me. I will go for the last time. If I fail, then let's close down that place." They said, "Okay. You requested for it. You go." You know, he knew the secret. When he was going, there's this particular mountain. He will have to descend before he get to the city. So when you go to that mountain, the mountain was overlooking the city. So you saw the whole city, and the brother knelt down there, that Lord, I'm not going to stand up here until you tell me why the gospel has been failing in this very particular city. That was the price. He started praying, and praying, and praying, and praying, until eventually the Lord told him that many years ago, a prophet came to the city. The people stoned him, and the prophet caused the city. That this city shall not know the light of God. That that's the reason. And if you can reverse that course, call the people of the city together. If you can repent, man, growth will come to that uh, church. Yeah, and you know that's what he did. Went and gathered some pastors together there and they prayed. And you know the, the course was broken. And for the first time, thousands of people turned to the Lord in that city. Now, brethren. What am I trying to say by telling you all these stories? There are so many reasons why a church is not moving up. I hope you understand me. And you have to pay the price. Why is it that this church is not growing? Why is it that this church is not moving up? God is kind enough. God is merciful enough. God cannot call you to a ministry. He will not grow. When he calls you, he gave you a promise that he's going to turn the world through you. He's going to bless the world through you. Give a lot of promises to you. But why is he not coming to fruition and reality? There's a reason for it. Somewhere, somehow, along the line, something happened that causes that non-growth. But by mopping, you can search it out. 
When you pray now, God will bring victory to that church. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Methods of church mapping. What are the methods of church mapping? Methods of church mapping. Number one, specialized time of prayers and uh, fasting. You must have time to fast and pray. And you know that's the problem with many of us. Even when we fast and pray, we are not focusing in our prayers. When you go for a particular time to fast and pray, you pray for all kinds of things. Pray for our nation, pray for Nigeria, pray for pray for every kind of thing. Oh, by that, you won't have an easy answer. Have a focus. Have something you want to fast on. Pick that thing, pray it through, then pick another point. Am I communicating? There must be specialized time of fasting and prayer. Lord, where is this church not going? Tell me. He doesn't repeat that point until God will answer you. God loves to answer if you know how to ask questions. Now there must be specialized time of fasting and prayer. Then there must be observation and illumination. Observe the church. What are the patterns? What are the things happening in the church? What are the trends of events happening in the church? You see, when you observe the patterns, when you see what is happening, then you understand why there are problems in the church. By observation, by illumination, you can get a lot of facts that will come out that you can note them down. Okay, this is the reason why the church is having a problem. Three, checking through, through the church history. Check through the history of that church. If you are not the founder of the church, check through the history of that church. What has happened before you arrived there? Look, let me tell you something. There are so many of us, because I understand there are some of us that come from denominations here. They posted you to this church, they posted you to that church. You know the problem we've always been having is that when they posted you to a church, the first thing you get doing there is to destroy the work of the former pastor. That's the wrong way to go about it. You don't need to talk about the past pastor. You don't need to. Because either you like it or not, he has followers there. And whatever you say in the service in the morning, before 2 p.m., he has heard where he is. Did you hear me? You don't need to repeat that. Just keep on doing your work. If the church has not been growing, Lord, why is it that this church is not growing? Not that church. After I check through the church history, has there been crisis? Has there been problems? The pastors that have come here, what have they done? You are not, you are not wish wanting, but you want to discover points. Am I communicating? Yeah, you want to discover what has happened. Check through the history. History can reveal a lot. You know the first point I gave you is that to understand today, you have to look at yesterday. So check through the history. And if you are the founder of that church, the church is not growing. Check through your own history. Because what happens in your life, we are for the church. Your church will never rise higher than you. Am I communicating? When a, when a hunter shoots at a, at a target, if he misses the target, the fault is not with the target. The fault with is, is with the hunter. So many times, the work you started, there might be something in your own history that is hindering that work. You see, in my own little understanding, in these few years, that I've become a Christian just a few years ago that I've become a Christian I've come to understand that the more you pray the more you draw closer to God the more God will reveal things about you did you hear that? if you don't draw nearer to God there are things in your life God will never tell you but the more you draw nearer the more you get closer God will be revealing some things in your life you will be wondering that <laughs> so if these things are still here ha yeah. We can never be holy enough. 
There will be things in our life that God will be revealing to you and you say, my, my. There will always be things for you to repent of. Not all this, uh, you know, you know, many of us, we thought adultery, fornication, smoking, and all these things is the big sins. Hmm. There are some small, small ones. Little leaven that live near the whole... The, the, the more you get closer to God, God will. So, if you are the founder of that church, check through your own history. Am I communicating? Not only that, supposing you are living under a curse, because if a pastor is living under a curse, his work will be cursed. Then, if you are okay with yourself, check through the history of those people you have made leaders in the church. You know, these people will make leaders in our churches. Hmm. Sometimes. They can be the problem. Am I communicating? Remember Korah, Dithan, and Abiram? They caused problem for Moses. Remember Aaron? They caused problem for Moses. So sometimes, people that are leaders in our God, that's why we should be careful who we put in the position. Their own history may be a history of failures. And when they are a history of failure, they will automatically transfer it to the church. Because God will not speak directly to the church. He will speak through the leaders. From the uppermost one to those who are assisting. And when they pass out to the people, they did not only pass out physical things, they pass out spiritual things. Make no mistake, when you make anybody a leader in the church, it's not only a position leader, it's also a spiritual leader. Either you accept it or not. And whatever is in his life, he passes it to others. Look, even this word, this word we are preaching, you can preach the letters. But it is your life that will back it up. Who you are confirms the word. So when you make somebody a leader in the church, check through their history. Or else, if they are living under a curse, the church is cursed. The leader may be alright, but when the assistants are bad, the church is equally bad. So let's stop blaming God for the lack of growth of our churches. When you check through your own history, Check through the history of the church. Check through, through the history of the leaders of the church. Not only that, check through the history of that place you are using for that church. Did you hear me? Some of you, they give uh, to let somewhere. You went and rent a place. When I locate a place and you put your church there and the church is no more growing, you ask why. You didn't check through the history. Some of these lands are dedicated. And you know the only language the devil understands is dedication. Oh, you've not realized that. Romans chapter 6. The person we dedicate ourselves to. We are his servant. Am I right? It's a question of dedication. You dedicate yourself to sin. You are the servant of sin. You dedicate your motto to God. He's the servant of God. Dedicate it to Satan. He's the servant of Satan. As you can dedicate human beings, you can dedicate children. Am I right? You can dedicate shares. Why do you do dedication? Eh? When you build a new house, why do you dedicate it? When you buy a new car, why did you come men of God to dedicate it? Because you know, you believe in that principle. The same thing was true. Most of all these your landowners, they dedicated the place. So... And when you let that place, no wonder there is no growth there. And all those promises of God is not coming to pass. Because the place is dedicated. You have to search it out. Mark that thing. And do something fast about it. The Lord wants the growth of that ministry. And that ministry will grow in Jesus' name. Amen. So check through the history of that place. Sometimes you have to check through the history of that area. 
And now some people make me to laugh some months ago. Uh, why I laugh is they did the right thing, but they didn't know the answer. We are at a PFM meeting. Oh, yes, we are at the PFM meeting at Odulu there. I think a sister rose up, or a brother, he said that they, they discovered that churches in from, from where? From Ojodu? Yeah. Ojodu, Akiode, Yasabu, Yakoyo, and all those areas. They discovered that churches are not growing there. And they did the map of this area. They discovered that Ojodu means Ajondu. We are struggling it together. Who? Are you not here? You are too cool for comfort. Ajondu. We are struggling it together. Then they be Akiode. Akiode. <laughs> yeah. They discovered those names. There was a solution. They said, yes, we saw those reasons. And the next thing is that I want to go and do crusade. They invite one big man of God and all that. I laugh. I say, you better come and pay money. So I tell you what to do. It's not free. This is year 2000. Every money starts from 2000. So, you know. <laughs> you know, they, are, they, they discovered this problem. But how do you go about doing it? They didn't know. Crusade will never finish the devil in that area. It's only so that you won't go and tell them. Let them come and pay. <laughs> Physical mapping of the area and the situation. You know, you know, I'm, the point I'm trying to make is that there are some areas that churches don't grow there until you search the area. And let me tell you something. When you did the mapping of an area, a single church cannot win the battle. Neither will crusade win the battle. One will win the battle, first and foremost, the unity of pastors. Two, the pastors praying together. Because our combined authority as pastors in that area is more effective than the authority of demons there. The demons have the power, we pastors have the authority. Anywhere we are living, we have the authority. How can you understand me? But no single church can win an area. Because the Bible says one church is a thousand. So the best you can chase is 1,000. And if there are 10 million demons in that area, may, don't, may they not eat you for a cake in the morning. You need to join us together so that pastors in that area, we can pray and bind demons and break the power in that area and let the church can grow in that area. May the Lord pass in Jesus' name. Asking questions about the spiritual history of the church, then despise not prophecy. If God give you a word of prophecy about that church and reveal some things, don't despise it. It might be the key to the growth of the church. Starts from removing growth hindrances. After you have done the mapping of the church and all that, then seek the Lord for a battle plan. Am I communicating? Yeah, the battle to win Jericho is different from the plan to win I. Am I communicating? Yeah, every city has its own battle plan. Seek the Lord for a battle plan. If the Lord has revealed, either it's your life, whatever, well, you seek the Lord. No, how do I go about it? How do I conquer it? How do I overcome it? How do I prevail? How do I bring glory to this show? How do I remove these hindrances? Seek the Lord for a battle plan. Two, open, corporate, and identificational repentance. Preventure, it is the leader of the church that has caused it, or one thing or the other that has brought into that church. Let's repent of those past mistakes. And if it's a whole church, maybe there have been a crisis in the church, it is the church that causes the problem. 
God, let's repent of that past mistake. Oh yes, I remember now, there was this my pastor, he was supposed to pastor a church. You know when he, he checked through the history of the church, when he got there, he discovered that several pastors have come to pastor that church. When he checked through the history, but remember that, he discovered that there were poverty in that church. People are so poor, as poor as muskrats. Then he began to pray, Lord, what do I do? You know, checking through their history, he discovered that the man who founded that church, the church drove him away. When he finished the building of that church, the man was to be enjoying the fruits of the leader, the church asked for his transfer. And the man said, you transfer me? And he said, yes, Lord, I go away. He said, okay. You know, you know, sometimes men of God don't need to cost you. They just say, okay, but it's not so down, no. It's not so down, no. That one is enough, it's uh, in dozen and in cartons. <laughs> but they say, go away. You know, he went away. For several years, they were in poverty. But when this new pastor came, he discovered that was a problem. Then he went searching for that man of God. Thank God he was still alive. He went searching for him. The Baba. He, he said immediately the man of God saw him said, So you are the one they posted to that church. Ah, <laughs> well done. Good work. God will be with you. I said, Baba, please don't be offended. If they are your children, Papa, please you must come and renounce. I mean, you must, oh, Papa, you must forgive those people. The man said, It's not coming. That they did give me you. And he must pay. But eventually, the pastor went to him four times. Eventually, he agreed to come. The Sunday he came, in fact, the church did him so evil that the day they transferred him, they never did celebration. I mean, what do you call it? <laughs> eh? They never did celebration for him. But when he called him back, it was then they gave him money and he prayed for all of them sincerely from the heart. I forgive you. And the whole church knelt down. Papa, we are sorry. And he forgave them. From the second week, things begin to prosper in that church. Setting up a powerful prayer base after the Lord give you a battle plan. Okay, I talk about restitution and restoration. Oh yes, we have been fighting together. We have been destroying each other, lamb blasting and condemn and criticizing each other. Let's restitute and restore fellowship. I hope you understand me. Yeah, if you fought with your leader, go back. If you won't listen to you, pick somebody that's more elderly, somebody who will respect, so that you can play sincerely from within for you. Am I communicating? You see, these are little things we don't know. But that hinders the growth of a church. So I won't go to him. I'll be struggling alone. May you not die struggling. You have to restitute and restore. They're setting up a powerful prayer base. Then leaders must pray together. Leaders of the church must start to pray together so that glory will bring back our lost glory. Then when we have done all that, employ the best prayer method. Either vicinity warfare, either doing prayer inside the church or around the church, or the Lord can ask you to be praying on the benches, or the Lord can ask you to go to the location and be praying in the location of the church. Then you can do street warfare. You can pray in the streets of the church. The Lord can ask you to be doing that. You can pray along the streets, maybe in the evening, gather yourself two by two and pray. I mean, I'm, I'm taking it for granted that you maybe it's a demonic power or a demonic power that is hindering the growth of the church. Look, even let me tell you, in churches where there are crises, it is crisis and crisis, pastors and deacons, deacons and elders, it is crisis galore. Do warfare in that church. You see that the spirit of crisis will go away. Sometimes it's a demonic spirit that causes disunity in churches. People are just, they just love to argue. They just love to hinder the growth of the church. Do welfare, brother, and begin to bind demons in that church. Look, 
The devil is a Christian and he do come to church. It's only that he's not born again. Did you hear me? Yeah. The devil do come to church. It's only that he's not born again. So don't be surprised when you see demons and devils in the church. Now, then you can do community prayers. Then you can anoint the ground. God can lead you to anoint the ground, anoint the vicinity of the church. So that you can you can break the church effectively. I mean, totally from the past. So that you can learn the church to a new future. Look, brother, we are in a new millennium. If you are in Lagos City or you are in any popular city, there's no reason why your church should not grow. If you are in villages, so I may excuse you. Because in villages, people are migrating to the city. But in a city where there are thousands and thousands of people, your church must grow. If that church is not growing, this is a duty. This is the beginning of a new millennium. Go and set out the resources and pay the price. When you pay the price, that church must grow. Look, God is not looking for any superstar church. All of us are superstars. Your church must grow, my church must grow, every church must grow. The growth of the church is to the glory of God. Because the more your church grows, the more we depopulate her to populate heaven. So the growth of the church is the will of God for this entire. But if the church is not growing, it's either one of these reasons I've told you. And if you don't pay the price, if you say, I'm waiting for God, God is the one that will bring the change. God will not do it outside you. Without us, he will not. Without him, we cannot. If he doesn't move, nothing will move. But if we don't take the step, he will not rise up. If you say, Lord, I rise, the Lord will also say, I rise. If you say, I sit down, he also sits down. Stand up on your feet. We are going to have a very powerful prayer session. Lord, before I leave this conference, you must tell me the reason why. Am I communicating? You must tell me what? The reason why. Starting from my life. Starting from where? Because most of the time we look at the problems outside. We, we leave ourselves out of the picture. But now you are the number one. Starting from my life. Those things. And if you know them already, why don't you repent? Don't die in that situation. You still have a better future waiting for you. You are not too old. Don't believe you are too old. God calls me Grigus World when he was 85. And he went around the whole world preaching the gospel with mighty signs and wonders. You are not too old for this work. We need you around. We need your fatherly wisdom. We need you around. There are greater things you can do. There are deposits in you that you can use for the world. We need as many people as possible for this task. Am I communicating?